you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL podcast is being blackballed by the league. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? I think we are being undermanned by the league. I think the league, if they had their druthers, this show would potentially not even exist. You could argue... <laughs> The show already does not Oh, exist please. The Fair argument to be made. What? Well, we have lots of listeners that, that believe it. I said to the league. Appreciate it. Okay, I got you. Well, it, you know, it's good to have a little chip on your shoulder. It's something to drive at. Well, they're giving us ample room for that. <laughs> Welcome to the Friday edition of the Around the Very bitter group of men <laughs> in this room, apparently. Uh, no, we, we love doing the show. It's great. Get the opportunity uh, to get together, chop it up little football chop with the boys three times a week, talking about the NFL. I mean, you cannot be more lucky than we are. Let's it's great. I'm a little concerned because of, you know, leading up to this show during our meeting and all day in the office downstairs. Greg, I think it's because Wes isn't in the office. Greg has no one to really banter with. Greg and Greg and Dan, <laughs> back and forth. Yankees, I didn't notice Red this. Sox. We walked into a room that had different type of construction. Dan noticed it and thought it was a big deal. Greg could care less. <laughs> a lot of personality, you know, differences here. I really, you know what? You would think I wouldn't like it, but I really appreciate your ability to be a good Stinky Davis here. Good job, Mark. Well, I like not usually, being in the center of it sometimes. It's usually Dan's role. Yeah, coming from a man the wearing Marian. a woman's shirt right now. I am not wearing a woman's shirt. You you are. It is a NFL Network t-shirt, and I, it, it is labeled as a medium. It does not say that it's for men or women. But you said it, it's generally for women, and you said, hey, can I still have this? It looks fine on me. See where the cut is a little tighter up around the upper chest area and the way it hugs the upper arms? It works I mean, for your, me. Your bod is looking good. I'm not I mean, saying, I don't. I, but here, it's you, not an indictment at, of your bod. Body. Downstairs, as you were making that argument, another man was walking around with the same shirt on. Yeah, but I'm saying your shirt Case is closed. The, the female version of that shirt. No, no, His no. This is the male I, adult it is a, large. It is a unisex t shirt. female medium. All right. Well, I disagree entirely. It is a man's shirt for a man. All right. Anyway, 
um, today's show is a good one. Got a lot to get to today, uh, the Friday show, in- including, of course, big news with the Miami Dolphins and a, um, a, a potential catastrophe for their 2017 season. Uh, and kind of riffing off that, we'll also now take a look at the uh, quarterback situations, the depth charts around the NFL for teams that are can are in contention this season, put it that way, for playoff spots, teams that we should be uh, keeping a close eye on in case they lose a quarterback. How would they look? How much trouble would they be in? Uh, so we'll do a little, I'll call it the you know backup QB power rankings. Mm. Why not? Yeah. 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 We can do whatever we want. This podcast, by the way, is presented by New Era. I should say that as well. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> also, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is uh, coming up uh, this weekend in Canton. And uh, Greg wrote a banger about uh, players, active players on the precipice of uh, of the Hall of Fame themselves with a nice little strong finish to their careers. Or maybe guys that are already in, in your mind. A little bit of those, some best bit, bets. It's a very topical show. You know, we're jumping off of news. We're talking about Canton. So we're, we've got the finger on the pulse of this league. Kind of figure this all out. Kind of got it all figured out. Uh yeah, so we got all that, but before we do any of that, we will say hi to the great Sully. Uh, what's nice. up, bud? The great Sully, I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you did miss a beach body drop uh, at the top of the show. I did. I know. Yeah. I was I was getting stuff ready, stacking you're, the show. You're doing you're doing you're hustling yeah, back there. Doing my hustling, bustling. Yeah. Uh, uh, where would you put in terms of prep of our show compared to say uh, the Moving Sticks show? Uh, are we talking <laughs> just pure audio wise? Yeah, just uh, work. Oh, double at least. Yeah. Um, what about stress level? Stress level, mm, about the same. Hmm. That's because DJ, cool. that and Jeremiah, he's a monster. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to be ignored, Dan. Yeah, we had uh, we have we had five videos. One one coming uh, out next week. Four coming out today in an audio pod. So we're, he's we're you cranking. know Jeremiah. Uh, we, and we didn't we didn't try to make it possible for you to promote their shows. <laughs> that wasn't what we were. <laughs> that, that was a little backhanded <laughs> plug. Thank you. Yeah, um, Jeremiah, a nice guy. Son of a preacher, all that. Uh, but don't don't be fooled. This guy drives up from San Diego, and he basically carries around a whip. Nah. And that's what Sully's hinting at right now. Nah. But we can't say it. But we he can't say it. But we can. Uh, I don't know about bit. that one. Yeah. And then he goes, "No, DJ." <laughs> oh, I heard yeah, is like it. he asks you to do half as much, but the stress level is equal. That's concerning. Interesting. Yeah. That's the interpersonal right. dynamics crumbling. How about this? Connect the dots. Let's listen to this. Oh, Sunday night. Wow, Sid back again. Actually, Sid, Carrie Underwood, who could tell with Vox like that? What a set of pipes. On uh, Forget Carrie Underwood. i definitely go Sid. The one woman, Mount Rushmore, La Sid. Uh, here we go. Let's start with the big news in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill in a practice on Thursday, rolling out of the pocket toward the sideline. Plants his uh, left foot uh, to uh, as he went to uh, the out of bounds marker, and what happens? His knee gives out. He collapses. Um, initially, there was fears because there are always fears in this in this sector that he had suffered a serious knee injury, and that was the news that was hanging over the NFL for much of Thursday. Then it came out that wait a second, structurally everything's okay with the knee. The Dolphins survive a scare, but then as day turned to night, you started seeing the reports uh, that this is a situation. He originally hurt the knee in December of last year, 
and they decided not to have a surgery, uh, surgical repair of it. And it might be a situation reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter that his left knee is a ticking time bomb, he was told mm. uh, by a source. So now the Dolphins are, are caught, Greg, in an in-between right now. Uh, should we try to get this guy right? And he's going to be out weeks either way. Or do we just shut it down, get the knee surgically repaired, and then take it from there? It's a tough situation, but they have time to make this decision because if, if they shut him down, that's it. The season's over. They have to be rethinking the decision that they made last December to get some stem cell therapy with Dr. Andrews, not get a surgery, and just have him play on that partially torn ACL because ultimately only lasted a handful of practices before he re-injured it. So I think they're in a spot where do we want to go back down that road, get him ready to play again, and who knows, next time he's on the field, the same thing might happen again, and you, again, just keep kicking the can down into the future. The other dynamic of this was that when we thought that Tannehill initially was in dire straits, immediately Colin Kaepernick's name comes up, and also because Adam Gase has a close relationship with this player, Jay Cutler. And then all that went away, and we thought, well, we don't have to worry about that side of it. And then suddenly, back in the news, is Colin Kaepernick potentially a candidate for Miami? We know that the Dolphins' owner, Stephen Ross, verbally supported what he did last season, his protests. And Jay Cutler and Gase, according to uh, Manuel Seguero down in Miami, has Gase has reached out to Cutler. So it, there's a lot of moving pieces here. I like the little you know, Spanish accent. I did not yeah. attempt that. Yeah. I, 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 no, I botched the name. Yeah. Like, he's a great reporter. A global human, Mark, is. A um, couple of things. <laughs> that will be fine. Miami might be the one city where Kaepernick, you could actually make a real case uh, could be blackballed because some of the comments he made that were seemed uh, supportive of Fidel Castro, and that is a major. I don't need to tell anybody that that's a hot button topic. Salguero that, wrote a big column in the crushing re- Kaepernick, right in that region of the country. So he, it's almost a little bit of a, a, a double hit there. Whether or not that's a guy you want to bring in the building. The other point I want to make is we're not doctors. Mark, I know you were a couple credits away from being a doctor and you decided to a couple hundred credits. sports blogging instead. Mm. Um, but uh, I remember back in December, it's it striking me as a little odd when they would cut to Tannehill on the sideline in crutches and a full leg cast. And you would have the announcer saying like, oh, we talked we talked to uh, the Dolphins coaching staff this week. Adam Gay said they're holding out hope that Ryan Tannehill could come back later this season. And it was like, what? oh, oh that, that guy's messed up. So it almost seems like, you, from a distance, it almost could feel like they never quite grasped the severity of the injury he suffered. And what happened yesterday and the, and the quagmire they find themselves in today really supports that, that the, from the beginning, the Dolphins underestimated what a situation this is. And if the Schefter source is right, that his knee is a ticking time bomb, they should have gotten the thing repaired at the end of last year because then he probably would have been ready for this year. Now you have a chance to wipe out a year of the guy's prime, and it feels like it was mishandled. It, it feels like Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback we will never know whether he's good enough or not. Like it keeps, There keeps being a reason why they can't make a final decision on Tannehill. Most of it's been changing coaches. He's had some ups and downs. Now you've started to feel good about him under Gase, and then he has the injury last year that really stopped that season. I, they're in a tough spot because, okay, maybe you bring in Cutler. It really sounds like it could be – option one for them. This, you know, what is that? Well, what, what kind of hold season that are you going to really have? Hold that thought, Greg, because I think 
with this amazing situation going on with the Dolphins. Not in a good way, but it's a it's a, a big storyline in the season. We should reach out to the biggest Dolphin fan we know in this building. He was just on the show on Wednesday. He did a little cameo. I don't even think he's left his office since the news came down uh, about uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's been holed up in his third floor um, suite. Uh, let's get Handsome Hank on the line. Sweet. Henry Hodgson. You know, a heartbeat away from being. Well, we have to go through his his assistant to the assistant first, right? His so many couple, levels of couple. clearance. Um, Sully's work while Sully's working on that. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, Mark, even though the shirt is a, a little snug up top, the way it's cut, you look good. Well, I don't doubt that at all. Well, you can pull it off right now. You got that beach body. That's also correct. There he is. I think Henry's on the line. What's up, handsome Hank? Hi guys, how you doing? Hey, you uh, are you ready for the Jay Cutler era? Nope. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Can, nothing can really get me ready for that. So you would pre- would you prefer the Colin Kaepernick era instead of the Jay Cutler era? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really want any era at the moment. I just kind of want to fast forward a little bit, like probably Dan does, to 2018. And, and ouch! Uh, wow! Right there. Already, there was so much optimism. You you have no hope already for this Dolphins team. I don't have no hope, but in a division with the Patriots, I just I, I think uh, you know what what looked like a hard task already now looks like an impossible one. Perhaps a little bit shocking, I would think, though, Henry, that all of a sudden you may also be in the scam for Sam. Uh, yeah, I, though I, I I still think you guys have a head start there, the Jets. I mean, I think the Jets have a massive head start. I mean, wait, right. when it comes to to Matt Moore. I thought he was solid when he came in last year and would be a top seven type backup in the NFL. In my eyes, like, are, are you that concerned about going from Ryan Tannehill to Matt Moore? No, I definitely agree. He's a top seven backup, but that's as a backup. I think when it comes, you know, if you if you're talking about a whole season um, with him as a starter, and you saw it a little bit, he played those three games before he got to the Steelers game, and it was pretty clear that while he was okay in those ones and serviceable, and look, let's let's be honest, he was the he was the guy that led them into the playoffs. Um, the the it, it, they, those guys get found out pretty quickly, mm. and so that's why I would definitely advocate for them to bring in someone else, um, Kaepernick over Cutler probably, as a as another potential starter because I do think that four or five weeks into the season Matt Moore would be found out and uh, and and you'd want to have someone else that you could put there in his place. Well, this is Gase is a quarterback friendly coach. Yep, and. I don't know if there's that. I like Ryan Tannehill a lot, and I don't know if there's that big of a difference between Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore. If you look at the numbers in Miami, for what it's worth, yards per attempt, completion, all of that, Matt Moore has basically got the same amount and same numbers. He's a not going to get you beat quarterback, and that's kind of what Ryan Tannehill is. Ryan Tannehill is a higher upside, but at no point has Ryan Tannehill been taking over games and but winning them anyway. To Henry's, you, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Henry. No, well, you're looking at numbers, and I agree that they're probably not that different. But what Tannehill offered last year, which improved, you know, immeasurably under Gase, was that he was making he was making plays outside of the pocket and making things happen. I think if you look at the the sort of five to ten best plays that Tannehill made last season that he wasn't making in years past. It was stuff that took advantage of his athleticism and and also the fact that he had probably better receivers than he had done previously in his career and a running game, finally, that, that got going as well. 
Matt Moore would benefit from that, but I don't think he has any of the athleticism or much of the athleticism that, that Tannehill showed that, that made things happen. And, and, you know, they won games late in games and by small margins, often because of those types of plays that Tannehill was able to make. And to Henry's point also, you said at the beginning, Henry, that, uh, yes, maybe more in Tannehill statistically doesn't seem a lot different, but Tannehill has that higher ceiling and if he if, and there's always hope, I would think as a Dolphin fan, if he clicked in year two and took it to the next level, then the Dolphins are legitimately frisky and maybe not better than the Pats, but they're a team that maybe they can make some noise, win a playoff game, who knows from there. Uh, but with Matt Moore, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's gonna not going to embarrass you, which some backup quarterbacks, and we'll get to that later in this league, can do. But there's definitely a ceiling in place if Matt Moore is your quarterback. All I'd say is Jake Cutler got Adam Gase hired in Miami. I mean, he had 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That was the year where people thought, well, Jay Cutler's turned the corner and age 33 is going to become an MVP. Everyone talking about it. That was unrealistic. I can see the one quarterback that is a, a longtime starter that I'd much rather see in the announcer's booth than on the field. I don't need Jay Cutler back in my life. I'm also not convinced that he's not tacked on 45, 50 pounds. Yeah, uh, the Maurice Jones-Drew <laughs> retirement workout plan. Whoa. Wait a minute. Keep us out of that. Bunsen burner blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would love to see Cutler or Kaepernick. I, I kind of like that Gase made it very clear they're going to bring in someone if Tannehill's hurt. I mean, he said Matt Moore is our guy for now, and I think they're going to bring in – either one of those stories is fun. I mean, I, I had finally – Given up the ghost on Jay Cutler, but now they can bring me it's back. It's going to be Brock Osweiler, by the way, Henry. So many Johnny, ghosts, by Johnny the way. Johnny Manziel or, or Case Keenum. So, so many ghosts with Greg. The Haunted Mansion is full <laughs> with Ryan Tannehill. You didn't give up that ghost. And now you got Jay Cutler involved. You got Geno Smith up in Jersey. A lot of ghosts flying around. Got Frank Gore ghosting all the way to Canton. <laughs> all right, Henry. Um, you want to uh, you want to get some lunch after this? Yeah, let's get lunch. All right, cool. Uh, you, uh, Greg's going to come too? Oh, I would never miss out on what's that place called? It is delicious. Uh, Bucko Shop. Bucko Shop. Mark, will you come too? I am unavailable today because apparently what? I'm wearing a shirt that's for women. <laughs> Mark also doesn't like food, so that was I that's, know, that, a, that's the biggest obstacle here. Mark ate on Monday, and so he's he's good for the moment. <laughs> All right, bye, Henry. All right, bye. All right, moving on. So we got a lot of stuff to, and we'll figure out what happens next. Um, with the Dolphins, uh, and it might even be an update before this podcast goes live, but that's what we know right now. Moving on, some other tough, tough injury news. Uh, this, the Los Angeles Chargers, who seem to be snake bit uh, with injuries, or maybe it's something to do with their staff, how they treat their players, who knows, but now they're down a rookie offensive lineman, Forrest Lamp, and it is coincidence? Ironic? I don't know. But uh, just earlier this week on this very podcast, uh, Mr. Greg Rosenthal. Speaking of Greg Rosenthal, by the way, welcome back. Uh, you, you weren't at Wednesday's show because you were doing your duties out in the field once again. Hi, girl. Hi, girl. Is that who I think it is? Yeah, girl. Is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? Yeah, girl, it is. Oh, he nasty. <laughs> You are nasty, Greg. <laughs> the great Jason Zumwalt, by the way, right there. Anyway, on Monday's show, Greg was here, and, and he we were talking about uh, their their wide receiver injury issues, uh, but Greg was talking about the offensive line situation. If they lost their second pick, Forrest Lamp, or their third pick, Feeney, who's supposed Dan to start Feeney. at centers, like those I think would be 
more hurtful to their team because those two guys are really the key of helping to fix that offensive line, rookie starters in the middle. And uh, so, Greg, you made that you made that comment, and then the guy, poor guy, blows out his ACL on his right knee uh, on Wednesday, and his season's over. Yeah, and I don't I don't need the thirty to forty tweets blaming me for jinxing the guy. Give me a break. Who is supporting the Chargers more than me? I'm on Team Chargers. It's unfortunate that Forrest Lamp is hurt. I mean, he had he had played. I read something like ten straight years without a single injury, and he joins the Chargers and tears his ACL. That's tough, and, and they're it, cursed. And the reason you said that is because this is not a team that can deal with too many uh, too many injuries on that line. I mean, what are we going to do here? What ha- if if it's going to be a turnstile on that line? All these like already seemed a little overly optimistic viewpoint about this team, uh, I would say. But now, if you're going to have a bad line, forget about it. Philip Rivers is going to regress like he did at the end of last season. Who are we getting in there? Kenny Wiggins? Who knows? And it's a good thing they drafted Dan Feeney. I mean, that, that it, that's DJ's, I think, second interior lineman in the draft this year behind, behind uh, the boy that got hurt, your boy. Tom Telesco, their general manager, is getting a second <laughs> chance. Forrest Lamp. Forrest, Forrest Lamp, who some people, they really liked as a first round. I mean, round. know his name, Mark. You're disrespecting the man. First, now I know. First round type of pick. Tom Telesco, <laughs> this is his second chance to rebuild the Chargers offensive line from scratch. He received a post-show grade of D-, minus. I would Oof. say, for the first time around. Basically, none of it worked, and maybe it's not working now. All right, in other news uh, in the AFC, this is kind of a weird little story. Martavis Bryant, and I'll, I'm going to admit, in, in our little pre-prod meeting, uh, when I came across this, I was, I was stunned. I thought Martavis Bryant was back. I thought he was going to be on the Steelers this year. I thought he got reinstated. Did I miss something? I don't know. But uh, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, an NFL spokesman um, uh, said that Martavis Bryant has yet to receive full reinstatement to the NFL because he has not yet satisfied the league's requirements. Um, so that means that Martavis Bryant's still out of the mix, and we don't actually know if he's actually going to be playing for this team. That's a surprise, Mark. To it me. is. It is. I mean, th- this came out a couple days ago, but it does not surprise me at any point when the NFL takes its sweet time with these suspensions and the layers and the chapters to them. I mean, some of these players, they're, the, the, what it takes to get back onto the field, we just don't have the details behind the scenes of why or why it's happening. But it's very rare that he was conditionally reinstated, that he was in in the facility and all that, but he can't practice. I mean, I can't remember a situation. And they say it's not a setback. Exactly like setback. that. They said he has to satisfy all the requirements. The Post-Gazette suggests it may involve arrangement for clinical resources. Hello. But, uh... It's important for that team. Uh, yeah, so keep an eye on that situation in Pittsburgh. Moving on, the Cleveland Brown. Uh-oh, a little brownies talk, and I'll tell you what. The Sean Kaiser, the buzz is building in Berea. 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 <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the, building your complex on an Indian burial ground, that is no longer going to be an issue. Maybe all the demons are exercised because Deshaun Kaiser has got people excited. Veteran beat reporter Mary, Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer wrote that Kaiser, the rookie second-round pick, not only won the first seven days of training camp, quote, it's not even close. Of course, uh, Kaiser uh, is battling Cody Kessler and Brock Osweiler to, uh, to be the starter uh, for the Browns this season. Uh, but Mark Sessler, here's my question, and I know this happens all the time. A guy gets drafted in April – and the and the whole thing is it's a really nice pick, a great developmental pick, and then they fast forward 
three months, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy is now ready week one. Do you have any concerns, Mark, that they might get overly excited and put a guy in the lineup before he's actually ready just because they want something fresh and shiny and new to build a team around? Sure, because they it, it, it may not be hard to be heads and tails the best quarterback on the field when, you're, uh, when your competition is Cody Kessler and Brock Osweiler. I think what they love about him, probably they're seeing, if you're, if you're a writer, you're watching these practices, you're seeing the arm strength, you're seeing the size. A lot of the quarterbacks in Cleveland have been sort of, whether it's Kessler or it's Colt McCoy, sort of pop gun arms, smaller dudes that don't look like your Ben Roethlisberger's in the rest of the division. Kaiser looks the part. And I think, honestly, for some of these people that have covered the team for a decade plus, they so want a quarterback to be the guy they'll almost wish cast him into the role. And so I, I, Ooh, but I like I, that. I, I do also think though that, that, you know, he's obviously practiced well. It's so premature. There's a scrimmage. He hasn't today. played the preseason at all at all. There's a scrimmage today and you know, it's happening. It looks like in a rainstorm or the way that showed the scene a few minutes ago, if it's, it's going to kick off in a couple hours, I want to see that. I want to see him in the preseason. I, I, I am, ex- I, I do think it's an interesting person to have in the mix. If it were just Kessler and Osweiler, very little reason for excitement. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe this is looking too far ahead, but maybe, I mean, if he could have a solid season, it's like maybe they don't, they're not even looking for a quarterback next right. year. And it's not that crazy. I mean, the thing is like, okay, Trubisky goes to Kaiser goes 48. None of that means anything right now. You know, Derek Carr was taken in the second round, had a good rookie year. Colin Kaepernick was taken in the second round, was good the second he hit the field. Andy Dalton was taken in the second round, was was a pretty good rookie. So, who knows? Kaiser's the man. Sounds good. Take the Browns out of the quarterback mix in the first round next year. Uh, this Jet fan signs off on that. But you would sign off, too, if it meant that Kaiser looked good this year. I don't care when it happens. Yeah, I need it to happen in my lifetime. DJ uh, still thinks Brock Osweiler is going to be your week one starter. I don't know why he thinks that, but that's why he thinks so. uh, I do have some breaking news, by the way. 16 hours ago, August 3rd, 2017, 8.58 p.m., Mark Sessler's dispatch on Twitter. Okay, okay, you've reeled me again, in again, Browns. I'm officially fired up to see Kaiser in action. Noted, Mark. Noted. I, I saw your response to that where you, you, know, you time-stamped it and said it will be on your radar. I want to be excited. Not a bad way. I'm happy. No, I like this actually, no, much I w- better. 680 I wa- likes for that. I want Mark. to be excited. I would, I would like to go into the football season with some sense of optimism about the team that I've followed for 30 years. I'm not sure this is the way in, but it's the only door I see at the moment. It's nice to see you being a little more honest with yourself. Yes, that's true. Let's be real. You were going to be. You were excited yeah. either way. Now you're just re- allowing the public to know it. Yeah. Instead of it eating you I- from within, the inside out, like the monsters from within, <laughs> you are now openly saying this team matters to me. I care about them. I need them to win. And, and, and this is a much healthier aspect. And it's and it's worked out so well in the past that I don't see anything but good times ahead. I feel like last year when you were saying that you weren't invested. It was almost like an ulcer that was growing with every loss inside you. This optimism, this openness, I think it will be better for your internal. I hope so. Your guts. I mean, you know, I, I, it's time. Enough is enough. Um, so anyway, yes, everyone's excited to see Deshaun Kaiser. Preseason right around the corner, so we'll see where the Browns uh, fit him in on their pecking order. Uh, moving on. Speaking of quarterbacks that are atop their um, depth chart, Blake Bortles uh, has had his trouble. We talked about it. He had the five interceptions in a practice earlier this week. Uh, you know, he's almost become – it's almost kind of become shorthand 
um, in a pejorative sense for being a bad quarterback. Oh, he's guys are real Bortles. He's Bortles day today out there and things like this, but play into that. Who's saying that? I don't know. It's just, it's just something Cam Jordan might say. Let's see what Cam Jordan said. You know, apropos of nothing. Nobody was talking about the Jaguars. It was a question about Drew Brees and how he uh, helps the Saints on defense. And here's what Cam had to say. You know, um, you're going. You're not going to face a t- more of a top tier quarterback than Drew, um, and that rapidly helps some of the learning curve. When you're talking about, you know, you know, Drew's able to look somebody off or see something down the yard, down the field, and able to adjust those throws. Um, that's only going to help the cor- their young corners. Uh, when you talk about the linebacker core, uh, you talk about Manti Teo, you talk about AJ Klein, Craig Robertson, um, you talk about Steph, who's entering his third year. Uh, um, we're just talking about going against our offense. It can only help. I mean, it's not like we're going against Blake Burles here. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not like Drew's giving picks away. <laughs> uh, we, we're talking about a guy who's a perennial elite. All right. A couple things here. Let's calm down a little bit about Drew Brees helping the Saints defense so much. Same unit that finished 27, 31st, and 31st in uh, York. At, at most, he's just begun to help them. At what? most, it's just happening. Imagine maybe, what? He may be beating them down so badly they have no confidence. Maybe. I mean, what would happen if that's what the defense looks like with their secret weapon, Drew Brees, helping them in practice? What would it be like if Blake Bortles was there? Anyway, but, so that was on my radar a little bit. But, Mark, the other thing is, you know, Leave Blake out of it. He's got enough going on. He's got enough battles. I'll say this. By doing what we do here, I would say a thousand times at least a name or something slipped out of my mouth where I thought, my God, I wish I hadn't just name dropped that person or done that. But I don't understand where like a player – usually you don't hear players ripping on That's quarterbacks. Good. I like teams. it. Let's rip some more. This Let's let's have some ripping. It, you, it just seems to, unnecessary. I, in the 60s and 70s, you read those the, these old football books. They used to rip each other all the time and talk about, honestly, like who's good, who's who's bad. This is what we want out of our players. You know, we, we criticize them for not talking up enough. It is, it is kind of a professional wrestling hook to it all. I get that, which maybe makes sense because – I remember interviewing Cam Jordan when he was a rookie in this building. His father, his name was Blank Jordan. Mm. Does anybody remember Cam Jordan's father? Steve? No. Maybe. Sully, this is where you got to be hammering that laptop, you know, helping out the old host. Minnesota <laughs> Vikings tight end. I remember that. Uh, I believe it was Forrest Lamp. Anyway, it was, it was Blank <laughs> Jordan. Uh, if you are a wrestling fan from the early 90s, you'll remember a, an amazing classic vignette of Mr. It was Steve Jordan. Steve, Steve Jordan, good job. Yep. Um, uh, Mr. Perfect, the great '90s wrestler of WWF, did a vignette where he was Mr. Perfect. So he was doing like sports exploits, like he shot a hole in one, he hit a grand slam, and then the, the to cap it off, he was with Steve Jordan, and he threw Mr. Perfect threw an 80-yard bomb and then caught it himself for for a <laughs> touchdown. Uh, rest in peace, Kurt Hennig. Uh, but uh, I asked. Cam Jordan about that. Hey, your dad was in a famous WWF skit, and he's like, "Yeah, I was there that day." And I was like, "Oh, so maybe he's a wrestling fan, and he's rampant. Maybe he's leading the revolution here." If he's pulling from that world, I I can get behind it. All right, moving on. The Patriots. Quick trip to the throne of ease. Quick trip. They were getting killed in the blogs yesterday because <laughs> somebody tweeted out um, their season ticket package. Uh, First loss they've had in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's fair. Um, their season ticket package, which included, if you p- purchase season tickets, tickets to the AFC Championship game and the divisional playoffs. Uh, and it was seen 
seen by some Greg is very arrogant that you would now I know you've been very successful but now you are just assuming you're playing uh, hosting home games in the divisional Not, playoffs in AFC title. Yeah, yeah, it said game playoff game 2, so they're they have a bye too. Yeah, so they're they are not only yeah, they are also there is no home date for the wild card round. That got on my radar. And I know, seven straight buys, Greg. I get it. Congratulations to that's, you. That's that's significant. <laughs> yeah. But what's what? Sully <laughs> just barked. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm just barking. No, Sully, no, 45 I, minutes I, into the tab have, of acid have, that he dropped for I lunch. have, I have fat fingers. Sully <laughs> just like face planted on the drop. I'll cut, I'll cut that out. I was no, no, no please I'll, leave it. No, 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 no. I was putting radar. You're not cutting anything out, yeah. Sully. Anyway, turns out though, I'll, Patriots are evil. I think is where you were going. Yeah. Well, the not including the wild card game. That that's a little to quote a Sesslerism. That's beyond the pale. But. The the truth of the matter is that it is more a housekeeping issue, as it turned out after doing some digging, that teams pl- uh, fans have the option, uh, like a pay-as-they-advance uh, option, uh, where they get locked into the ticket immediately as the, as the team advances. P- Patriots, just to save some postage, uh, mail the tickets that can become like kind of relics, or not relics, can become basically alternate histories in a way if they don't actually host those games. Uh, so I can't really kill them for that, but the the no wild card game, uh, you know, come on. A little aggressive. I mean, it's it's a it, it it's New England. It's the New England Patriots scenario. Now, Greg, I don't know. Re- other, aren't other teams doing stuff like this? I don't know. You, playoff tickets. It seems like one of those things. They're just the Raiders just do it. On. So see, there we go. I think it was fair. I was just pointing out the the funnier thing to me is that there was no wild card. Yeah. Are the Jets shipping playoff tickets to their fans? I don't even know if the Jets are shipping tickets. I think they're just. Saying let's move forward. I mean, it's been a while. 2009 was the last season where they did have a wild card game where they were part of. I mean, that's that's. Significant. What do you want, Greg? You want us to say, yeah, it's been a great run. Yes, <laughs> it's been great, Greg. You guys have done something really special, unprecedented, even unprecedented. <laughs> uh, finally, in the news, the season we had our first action of the NFL season. The Hall of Fame game took place. In Canton, uh, a 20-18 to 18 Cowboys victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Big come-from-behind effort, I believe, by the Cowboys. I didn't see it. Missed it. Can't, can't vouch for it. Uh, but a real come-from-behind effort. Mark, I know you were plugged in on the game. I watched, I'd say, 87% of it. Uh, do you want to tell us some of your takeaways? Uh, w- one takeaway I have is that people probably opened – I know that I opened the game – ripping on the fact that the first NFL pass thrown all season was by Blaine Gabbert, that that felt very ominous to me, <laughs> uh, concerning for all of us. Played very well. <laughs> and it's just it's one worthless preseason game, but, I mean, you have to wonder what Arians has been doing with him all offseason. I thought your boy, Kandiche. Kandiche, Kandiche, Kandiche. Why did you fall out that window? Kandiche, Kandiche, Kandiche. May your salvation come in August. He uh, did not get the veteran pass, as mm. Connor Orr wrote, because, oh. you know, normally you'd see the, all these guys were on the sidelines, helmets off. I don't even know why they put guys like Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. Why do you make them wear football pads in this game? Mm. They're never going to see the field. Under any condition, they will not play. Why are you making them dress up in this, That's in fair. this garb? That's fair. Uh, there are other things happen, but what got on my radar today <laughs> was that, that the two of you – Yes. During our pre-production meeting, I thought, you know, let's have a robust conversation about the first football game of the year. Uh-huh. Oh, no yeah, one yeah. bothered to watch the thing. 
Except I, me. By the way, I said 2018 final. Okay, I have a little. I want to prepare a statement so I don't get. I wanted to tell you how I feel about this. You need the missive music. Sure. Prepared statement about the Hall of Fame game tank job done by my colleagues. <laughs> I was prepared to have an in-depth conversation today about the Hall of Fame game after closely watching roughly 80%, 87% of the preseason opener in Canton, Ohio. I was stunned to discover during our pre-production meeting that nobody else in this room took pains to watch even a minute of the game. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. I find it appalling that I am the only one who tapped into my personal wellspring of professionalism at the workplace to closely monitor a game that was roundly ignored by our colleagues. One statement on that. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. One statement for Greg. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. One statement for Dan. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. One statement for the level of professionalism in the American workplace shown by hobby horses skipping a deeply meaningful start to the season. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. 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 Mark furiously pointing at Sully with pit stains <laughs> below. And my woman's shirt. Well, it's because the woman's shirt is cut higher. It is. Under Thank the you. Pants. Thank All you. It's right, a fair defense. A couple thoughts here. Uh, I don't know how you would have reacted in previous preseasons. Uh, where we're, where I'm carrying you up and down the show with all the, the Friday night, Saturday night games I'm watching. Nonsense. Want to talk, you want to talk about radar? You are on Greg's radar. Yeah, with this, nonsense. Uh, yeah, give me a break. This I'm not calling you out for that. Nonsense. Number two. Uh, yesterday, you. Yeah, well, I love yes, it. Yesterday was a big day. Uh, the final day of uh, my daughter Ellis's polywog swimming class. Unfortunately, for the third straight time, she was held back. She's going to be reentering polywog again, but it was still a big day. Had to go to the last <laughs> class, and we celebrated with a milkshake afterwards. Some get things are more important. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. <laughs> Listen, get some Held priorities, back three Greg. Times. Not, you know, not a natural swimmer. Jeez, maybe, maybe I time to get, pull the ripcord. I that. think it's nice to spend well, time of, with your children. I sat home and watched the game with Luke and Colton, and it was actually a nice experience. It's one of the first games where they started to have questions about what they were seeing. It was quite, quite a good time, Dan. I suggest you try the same. I, and I will just say – I will just say that um, for all your 87% study of the game, the only thing that you took away was that Blaine Gabbert started, <laughs> Kendiche played snaps, and Larry Fitzgerald was not wearing his uniform or was wearing his uniform fully, right. which kind of got on your uh, radar. I, 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 with, I came away with a larger <laughs> picture view of why do they put these players in these uniforms when they will not play. You know, I, read, I read Connor Orr's What We Learned, too. Like, you're not fooling anyone. Uh, why don't you check my Twitter <laughs> timeline, buddy? Oh, man. I was tweeting comments about the game. Like Greg, the game. this is Greg's nightmare to <laughs> have not watched a game and be called out for it. So he's coming back strong, and I'll, t I'll listen to every word of it. I love this. This is good. Um, all right, that's it. That's it. And I should, once again, a 20-18 to 18 win for the Cowboys. A real squeaker for uh, America's team. Um, let's... You know what? Get my, get my act together. Let's move on and let's talk about it. All right. So we were saying, uh, oh, boy, oh boy. Uh, the Dolphins are in trouble. Um, but there are teams that would be in a lot more trouble than the Dolphins uh, if they lost their starting quarterback. And let's face it, this is a brutal game. It is a, it, it is a physical game. Uh, it is a game where quarterbacks get hurt all the time. I hate to say it, if you're a, you know, a hardcore football fan, 
there's a decent chance that what your star quarterback can go down and miss team time this year. So we thought maybe let's take a look in terms of teams that you know are either knocking on the door, uh, were playoff teams last year, teams that people are buzzing about this year. Um, uh, let's look at their quarterback situations behind the starter and, and kind of power rank where they are. And I guess a good place to start is at the top. And we'll, I'll throw out a bunch of names here, and then we can all kind of figure it out and put uh, put it into some tiers that um, we have set up here. But the first – right now, I think, and I think this person is alone, Jimmy Garoppolo with his uh, limited experience uh, in the NFL, but just the, the buzz around him, how he has played when he's gotten into the game, uh, the fact that people are – there's even some reports earlier this summer that – there's not a big drop-off when he replaces Tom Brady. There is a general feeling that it's like a Joe Montana, Steve Young situation going on right here. Now, it's way premature to say that, but that's how people feel. And I think that he has done enough on the field to tell us, Greg, that he's kind of in a, his own class right now in terms of uh, the number one backup quarterback you could live with if your guy went down. Oh, he stands out as the one backup that feels like he has potential to be a great starter. That Patriots might consider using the franchise tag on him. Usually there's a few more guys like this, actually, with like, okay, big-time potential waiting in the wings. But right now, any of those guys are actually competing to start. Like Deshaun Watson, he has a chance to actually start. Deshaun Kaiser. There's really not any of those trendy, backup, cool quarterbacks out there. I mean, he's locked into the spot, but I believe what Bill Belichick has said about him, and I believe in their own actions that they refused. They probably were offered an absolute mountain by Cleveland and maybe another team for his services, and they didn't want to choose. They didn't want to make that trade, and they may live to gr- regret it. I mean, everyone is now just assuming this guy is going to be a you know a, a Pro Bowl All Pro type guy. We don't know, but it's safe to say, as far as this exercise goes, you feel okay. The Patri- Tom Brady has his way. This guy will never play. He'll never hit the field. It's a tricky situation in New England. Yeah, we've talked about that. How are they going to make this work? Garoppolo keeps on. Uh, this is his fourth year in the league now, right? At some point, they're going to have to make a decision, but we'll see uh, where that goes. Anyway, so now let's let's talk about Matt Moore. So Matt Moore is a guy not in Garoppolo's tier. Garoppolo's younger. He's got the upside things. Moore, I believe, is 33, 34. He's in that range at this point. Uh, but Greg every, or Mark, every time he's gotten in the lineup, um, he has done the job and taken care of business. He got the Dolphins to the playoffs and Tannehill went down last year. So we, our second tier, hold the fort. These are guys that can, if your quarterback misses a month, you can expect to go around 500, and he'll play in a steady manner, maybe win a game for you if he gets hot. Uh, a hold the fort guy, he might be at the top of that list, but far below Garoppolo, but also really a good guy to have. So the Dolphins could be in a worse situation right now. It's only last season that we have any evidence of what Matt Moore's been at this time because he, Ryan Tannehill started 16 games for four straight seasons before last year. But, and also, my, Matt, Matt Moore annoyed me a couple times back in previous free agency sessions where he had a chance to go potentially start for a lower-level team like a New York Jets or a Cleveland or something, and he didn't want to. He wanted to stay in Miami and keep the backup job. And nice I thought, place to live. No, no of course. No I, I think that life and overall quality of life probably came into that decision. But last year, as Henry said before, when he came in, he essentially did pull them into the playoffs by not being a liability. He was better than people think. I, I really believe. I think he, Gase, Gase, will tru- he, Gase trusts him. I, they need to get another body in there potentially. But Like if he had played in his month playing how Ryan Tannehill played in his first month, 
playing for Adam Gase, which no one no one brings up that Ryan Tannehill was abysmal, probably the worst month of his career the first month of last season. Moore came in there, and, and he made good decisions. He made some big plays. He embarrassed your Jets. Not that that was too unique. But uh, he, he wasn't – even the playoff game was not his fault. Uh, it was 21 nothing before he barely had the ball. He had no protection early in the game. Watch that game. Got he, killed in that game. He was fine. He was fine. He showed some toughness. You can't embarrass a team with no pride, Craig. He just beat up on the Jets, you know. It was that Monday night. It was you remember that game. <laughs> it was a whooping. They all kind of blended things. together after a while. Um, I'm going to go down a list now. You tell me if they deserve to be in the hold the fort tier. I want I want you to know the below tier is the honey take your kids to the mother to your mother's tier, which is things are getting bad. It's it's abysmal. <laughs> your season's in trouble. Below that tier, honey take your kids to your mother. So you're your mother. You're separated with your from get, your wife. Get to well. higher ground. Get to safe ground. Oh, hope see. to see you again. I may never see you again. It's not a relationship issue. Oh, it's okay. a potential, like an apocalyptic Safety. type yeah. scenario. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like, okay, right. mom, take the kids for the weekend. Not, not no, like it's that. like, honey, get the kids, pack them up, get to your mother's place, which is probably upstate or something, and just stay there, and I'll, I'll yeah. meet up with you. But you don't, in your head, you don't no, know no, if no. you'll ever make you're, it. You're sacrificing yourself. You're in the low-lying land. Right. You want, yeah, get to your mother's. And don't, honey. Honey, don't don't say anything. Just just do it. It's quite a narrative you built for this group of quarterbacks. That's a bad place. There is a worse place than that. <laughs> the tier is called You banged. <laughs> okay. No, not even a chance I, to evacuate. It's basically the season is over. So that's those are the tiers. You have um, should be a starter or no, throne of ease. Let's call this tier the throne of ease. Let's be honest. And Garoppolo is by himself. Isn't it funny how the Patriots have the number one backup quarterback? It is disgusting. It's a a testament, obviously, to what they've been able to build, uh, that organization, but it's also a little... It is hideous. You've got to admit, it's a little annoying. I would be completely annoyed with the Patriots (laughs) if I was not a fan of them. Anyway, so Throne of Ease, hold the fort, guys. Uh, Honey, take the kids to your mothers, and you banged. So I'm going to go down the list here now. A.J. McCarron, is he a hold the fort guy for the Bengals? He's one of the best hold the fort guys. He is one of – I said there weren't many young quarterbacks with potential. He, he at the very least, has the potential to be kind of a mid-tier starter like a like a Kirk Cousins or an Andy Dalton type. Another guy that, you know, there was trade interest around him, so that tells you a lot. How about, oh, I don't know, Derek Anderson of the Panthers. Hold the fort. Honey, take your, take the kids to your mothers. Or- I, I think he's proven that he's he can hold the fort. I don't know how many more years he can do that, but – Every time Cam Newton's had to step out of the lineup, Derek Anderson has come in and done fine. So, so in this scenario, Derek Anderson is so strong he can protect your kids. I'm not really sure how it works. The kids are out. The, no, right. The kids are gone. Okay. They are safe, but that doesn't mean all is well. They're safe for now. Uh, but you're saying they're above that. Hold the forts, like I like Derek Anderson. Yeah. I, I right. felt bad for him that one game where he threw one. Do you guys remember he threw one pass? in place of Cam Newton, who had been benched for wearing a tie or not wearing a tie, and Mike Tolbert dropped the pass. He threw one pass. It was an interception against the Seahawks. That was it. 0 for 1 interception. That's an embarrassing game. for. He's not in yabang territory, that's for sure. No, I like him. Also, it actually makes sense, although that wasn't the intention. Hold the fort is, hey, I can protect this house. Right. That's what I was saying. Kids, come in out of the backyard, obviously. Let's lock the doors, batten down the hatchets. But, you know, I got this under control. That's the difference. How about Nick Foles in Philly? Nick Foles in an offense that he's familiar with, I think that was a good signing. I feel I feel like he's a Matt Moore type where he'll have a solid 
five, six games for you. Maybe you don't want him starting the whole season. Very up and down on Nick Foles, but he again the the difference between holding That's a the good fort backup and you bang. I mean, he's not in. He he's. Oh, are the kids staying at home, uh, or are you going upstate with the kids? I will allow the kids to stay at home with Nick Foles. Oh, he's going to hold the fort. Yeah. By the way, again, feel a little shaky about it. Month and a miss, uh, missing a month of time. Your QB one. You're going to go two and two. Maybe if the schedule breaks right, go three and one. You're feeling okay. If it really breaks right, you could tie the all-time NFL record for touchdowns in a game like Nick Foles. <laughs> yes, that's true. Just saying. Is that a snowstorm? No, it was uh, against the Raiders. Just dialed up seven also, touchdowns. I don't know. That feels like it was two lifetimes. Yeah. That, that was a chip. He also had that twenty-seven-two touchdown interception ratio, yeah. which yeah. We'll never see again. Anyway, how about this? Uh, Gre- Greg, this is a tough one for you, I know. Your boy Geno Smith, New York Giants backup quarterback. Uh, is he a hold-the-fort guy? I think he could put – you could really sign on for any of them, I feel like. Hold the fort. Honey, take mm. the kids to your mother. You banged. I would accept arguments for all three. Where do you come down, Mark? You banged. Oh. I Listen, I, am, I don't need you? to believe in Geno Smith. I simply do not. How dare you besmirch <laughs> no, Eugene? This is your guy, Eugene Cyril Smith the Third's <laughs> great name. Well, let's remember. Let's dial it back to 2013 when Geno Smith was a rookie quarterback. Greg wanted to keep this pot under an hour, by starting the way. for a team that won eight games and he did a lot of good things. He was a solid quarterback. He might be. Here's a new category for you. Oh, sorry, kids, you're back. <laughs> What? <laughs> right. Let me write this down. Hang on. Ready? Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, kids. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, kids. Uh-huh. Gino might be better than your quote-unquote Hall of Fame quarterback that starts. No, come Get on. together, bro. You're trash. Greg, that is too much. You've gone too far with that. This is a guy <laughs> that essentially seemed to have no friends in his own locker room with the Jets. I, I think it's not just the on-field stuff. I don't buy Geno Smith as an NFL starter. I don't think he even wants Here, to be an NFL starter. Here's the category. Sorry, kids. Daddy Eli may not be coming home. <laughs> Eli's staying home. Eli's, he might be reclined on the chair at this point just watching TV, but he's not going anywhere. Um, I think I, w- I saw a lot of Geno, of course. I would hit put him at the very bottom of hold the fort right Right straddling the line of taking the kids. As like you, can, you can see the nuclear bomb coming yeah, right at the front door of the house. Look, that's some respect from a man who's watched a lot of Geno Smith. Yes, he did have moments. He's but, solid. But He's solid. No, let's I've watched down, enough Geno Smith. Greg moving the goalposts a little bit right here because you, a year ago this time you were talking that he could be a starter in this league. He fit, the last time he we saw him play was the best four-game stretch of his career. That was that's three years ago. He should be better. And a blown-out knee. He should be better. All right. You All want right. to bring up past exploits uh, with uh, with bad Jets teams? How about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Where is he? Where is he rank? Thirty two touchdowns two years ago, a disaster last year, uh, up and down throughout his career. Where does he fit in? Here's what I'd say: the, the t- when he went ten and six with the Jets and had that career year, it came with great weapons around him. Yes. And in Tampa Bay, if you ever lost Jameis Winston for a stretch of time, he's got even better weapons yeah. around him this year. Mm, that's true. I, I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, year to year, but I, I, it's not, not the worst. Situ- it's not the worst situation. I'm, I'm telling the kids, honey, go take them to your mother. Watch out! There might be flying footballs <laughs> coming at them from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he comes in there. He's a, he's like either gonna, gonna he's get. gonna blow up your team or he's gonna be great for a week. You don't know. But you're talking about a guy that did much more with the Jets than Geno Smith ever get, did with the Jets. He's getting older. I mean, let's. 
he's older, but he's not. I mean, what are we talking about age now? He's 33, 34. He's, okay. he's okay. not ancient. But I think Fitzpatrick, I would put him in hold the fort, but he certainly is not a guy to pencil in. You know what you're going to get out of him. You could go 3-1 and one in a month with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick if he gets hot. But the wheels can fall off. Both too. he and Gino really are a little are kind of the opposite of Matt Moore, where it's like you know what you're gonna get. No, you don't know what you're yeah. gonna get. With the all roll right. of the dice. All right, but how about uh, Brett Hundley over in uh, Green Bay? I think we almost put him in his own category because we've seen so little. What we've seen is promising, but it's been in the preseason. Is he a mystery man? We just put him in his own. Yeah, category? I don't think he. I don't. How can you really say that he's in one of these other categories? I mean, I, he would be. Not I really Aaron Rodgers would be just about the last starting quarterback I would want to see get hurt, but Brett Hundley would be one of the more interesting backups to see play just to see what it looks like. Here are two guys I would put in the same category. They're kind of the same guy to me: uh, Chase Daniel in New Orleans and uh, Colt McCoy in Washington. To me, both mid to lower hold the hold the fort guys. What do you guys think? I agree. I think they've shown in this their current systems that they can be effective. If Chase Daniels maybe on any other team, I wouldn't be feeling him quite as much as I am in New Orleans. Agree with that. How about all right, let's say I know head coach wasn't feeling feeling the quarterbacks earlier this week, but let's say that uh Mr. Simeon wins the Broncos quarterback battle, which I still think he will at least to start the season. Uh did you see enough from Paxton Lynch to categorize him or, or do you give him the pass and put him in uh, the Hundley ca- category? I put him in. I put him in the Hundley zone category because we saw very little. I think that he's a player that so clearly needed like a year or two to really kind of develop, and I don't think he's all the way there yet. Didn't look good last year, but it was limited. Interesting player, though. If if he if he can maximize like on what he is physically, there's a lot going on with Paxton Lynch. All right, update mystery man category now is mystery men. Is that everybody okay with yeah. that? Underrated. No, I don't even know if it's an underrated movie. It's a movie I saw, Mystery Men. Oh, is that the superhero comedy? Is it, it was like a superhero comedy. Janine Garofalo was involved. Oof. Not a biggest scrum. Hard pass. <laughs> I mean, she, she was probably like the seventh lead, but for some reason I can't remember anyone else that was in it, which isn't a good sign. I'm not, I'm not like anti-Garofalo. Her comedic sensibilities tend to overlap with a lot of the things I find funny. So she showed up in a lot of things over the years that are things that I enjoy, but she was always one of the things I didn't enjoy as much in those projects. If you, if you know what I'm saying, if I'm making sense, I get that. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan. I mean, not actively, but I don't need to see her in a comedy superhero. Strangely, type. strangely, her and Hank Azaria are le- are billed first, and yet Ben Stiller, Greg Kinnear, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush are all in this movie. So it was a curious. Mm. Uh, I believe Paul, you know, Pee Wee Herman in a rare role outside of that. Mm, there you listed go. As mm. Paul Rubin. So let's go ahead and put Garofalo in uh, Honey Take the Kids to Your Mother. Then I, I think so. Okay. What about Matt Castle in Tennessee? Hmm. No, you're bangs. You know, once upon a once upon a time, he was like the the patron saint of this discussion because Tommy Boy blew out his ACL in 2008, and then this guy stepped in with almost no experience, even in college, no experience, and they went 11 and five. The New England Patriots. Uh, that's a down year for the Patriots, by the way, 11 and five. Um, Out of respect for Wes, I'm about, not going to put put him and hold the fort because you know Wes is battling 
you know, the big C right now. Mm. I don't want to cause him any extra stress. It's fair. Throwing his phone against the wall. Oh, he'll go nuts. To that. But I still would put him in the next tier down, Castle. He did come in last year, by the way, for Tennessee and help them win a game. He was he didn't embarrass them. You know, he was fine. Part of my the way I look at this is the drop-off from the starter to whoever's behind him, and there's a, just a steep – by the way, if we're watching Matt Castle – how boring the season has become when it could have been Marcus Mariota. And I am concerned, you know, Marcus Mariota has not complete full seasons up to now. So there's a danger of seeing him. So I'm putting him in your bang because it, the experience Ooh. will not be good. Uh, yeah, Tennessee fans, uh, I know you get a little salty with me because of the Titans bit. Uh, I think there's reason to be excited legitimately this season, but also keep your guard up because we don't know if Marcus can play yet, a full season. We know he can play. Can he stay healthy? Matt Castle that very much could be in the mix this season. How about Case Keenum? Interesting name. He's playing for the Minnesota Vikings, backing up Sam Bradford. Uh, this discussion, again, once West, once upon a time, was all about that case. Uh, now, he, you know, he threw that case out. Where do you guys come down on this? I think you take your kids to the – honey, take, take the kids to your mother. I mean, I, Bradford, what, set an NFL record for completion percentage last year? I'm not in love with Sam Bradford. I'm not sure there's vast amounts of difference between Sam Bradford and some NFL backups, but it's a steep drop-off to Case Keenum. Yes, I, really liked, I really liked Case Keenum a lot more after watching All or Nothing. You kind of felt for him, uh, but you also maybe understood a little bit more why he's not a starting quarterback. He was really feeling the pressure uh, when they when they were losing some of those early games, it was like they lost the Super Bowl, and and they were like thinking that he was feeling like the season's over. All right, and finally, I have ten names here, and you guys can make the argument. Stop me at any point. Uh, they are classified. Yeah, banged. Okay, <laughs> which is complete nuclear annihilation uh, of your town. Uh, Just one town would go out in a nuclear bomb drop. Well, I'm saying all towns, but Targeted. more Targeted. specific to your life. Okay, the town's gone. You're, d- you're done. Anyway, stop me if you disagree. Uh, Matt Schaub in Atlanta. Oh, absolutely banged. All right. Yeah. Landry Jones in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Return your season tickets. See if you can get some money back. <laughs> Josh Dobbs, watch <laughs> out. Dobbs is going to win that backup spot, and then you're not so banged. Put that thing oh, on we'll StubHub or whatever. <laughs> um, Ryan Mallett in Baltimore. I don't think no, that. come on. Oh, you're – is he at the bottom of you banged? You're double banged. Oh, Matt Schaub is down there, but there's some trash at the bottom of that list. I think they're stuck with Mallet too. They just signed Austin Howard, gave all the rest of their cap room to a, a tackle. I don't know if they're signing Kaepernick. I can't believe this guy's in the NFL. I thought he was on the uh, the Curtis Painter era Colts, but Scott Tolzien uh, in Indianapolis. Banged. You're, you're banged so bad, you might be back at the number one overall pick with the Colts, with Tolzien. It's amazing that they Tolzien a big big favorite in Green Bay for a while. That's not a crazy thought, Greg. If this luck thing is worst case scenario, I mean they're not going to be scamming for Sam. Obviously. And you believe that if the, if your Jets trying to get to number one and the Colts <laughs> jump you just like they did for Peyton Manning, <laughs> they didn't jump me. The, the Peyton just bailed on the Jets. I don't have. Well, I don't know why I don't hold that against them. I should. The Cowboys and uh, Kellen Moore, big banging. Have we seen enough of Kellen Moore? We haven't seen much. Made a few throws last night in the some, game. You guys if, failed if to watch. If this ever happened, people would people would Tell make some it. argument like, "Wow, that you know that with this Cowboys offensive line, like no, any quarterback would thrive." No. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, tell us about Kellen Moore yesterday. Serviceable. Pardon. I I'm not. He did not change my opinion of him overall. He, you know what? He looked pretty good 
a couple seasons ago, late in the season, when they gave him, a, I think, a game and a half, and that was what earned him this faith by Dallas. So yeah. maybe he could. Maybe it's more a situation where you future take, coach. You take that's your what he kids. Is. Take he's, your kids. He's thrown 104 passes in his career. What is it, take your kids to the movies. No, it's take them upstate. You got to take them to your mother's. Out of danger, not just to the cinema. Uh, I don't. I'm not f- totally familiar with this gentleman, Ruddick of Detroit. Well, the two, the backup scenario in general, yes. Detroit is. A, you're, I don't know why they. Maybe they love one of these guys. I personally. Detroit's lucky they're in this conversation after the way they handled training camp. It's about. It's about as bad a backup situation. Brad I, Kaya I, and Jake Ruddick. I don't. If they I don't lost know. Stafford. It's he's sneaky. One of the the most valuable players. If they lost Stafford, they'd be in the mix for number one yep. overall. I think. Banged um, Boykin over in Seattle. Hasn't been looking good, according to uh, some reports, which makes me think maybe that's the Kaepernick landing spot. You banged. Got right. Austin Davis there, too. That's You're a bang situation. Carroll always made s- – Carroll did not dismiss the Kaepernick thing. He kind of sidestepped it more than anything else. Uh, I believe during one of the slower periods of the NFL calendar, we had it on like a CP, like the main image on our homepage saying, like, Seattle, Kaepernick, it's happening, baby. Something like that. <laughs> it didn't never happen, obviously, but it also was, was never dismissed. I don't think that was the headline exactly. <laughs> it was, it's they wanted really it to happen. Yeah. Seattle, comma, Kaepernick, comma, it's happening, baby. <laughs> Slam it. Woo! <laughs> and a woo. Uh, uh, Cardinals, Drew Stanton, still there. Drew's still there, dancing away on the sidelines. Blaine Gabbert, too. I would put. I don't know if you. I don't know if that's a your banged scenario. I would go the one notch up, take the kids, wife take the kids upstate, far upstate. Okay. How about the Oakland? It's EJ Manuel and who else? Who's the other guy? Connor Cook. There? Connor Cook. Who was a disaster in the playoff game? That's only one game, but I can't. You know what? I would put them. Honey, take your kids to your mothers. I, I would say you banged. I don't what trust we, EJ Manuel we, at what all. What we've seen out of EJ Manuel is not positive, to say the least. Hey, 15th overall pick. It's got to st- count for something. No, it does not count for anything other than the fact that the, the people that made that pick are no longer with the Bills. Kellen Clemens is still in the league. He's the backup for Phillip Rivers in Los Angeles. That is a recipe to torpedo any interest <laughs> in this in this move to Los Angeles if Rivers got hurt. I think that was a team Rivers never gets hurt, by the way. I don't think he's ever missed a game. That was a team that might have considered you already taking somebody a quarterback. on that team. Oh, Let's no, not go quarterback now. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, boy. It's too late now. It's too late now. It's been said. Uh, all right, there you go. So there, it's slim pickings. As bad as it feels, as bad as it is for the Dolphins right now, it could be a lot worse. All right, before we get out of here, uh, yes, the Hall of Fame, it's happening. Get excited. Who's going into the Hall this year? We got Terrell Davis, LaDainian Tomlinson. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, all. NFL Network employees, right? It's a pretty big boon to this old uh, enterprise. They are doubling the amount of Hall of Famers that are employed here. Three to six. It's no joke. Anybody else? Did I miss anyone? I want to be respectful, at least to the guys that got voted in in the standard. You got our crew. Oh, you got Jerry Jones, of course. Jarrah. Morton Anderson. You got Jason Taylor. You've got... uh, Morton Anderson's in? What you missed last night in the Hall of Fame game was the letter that Tom Brady wrote on behalf of Jason Taylor to get to, to argue for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Pretty incredible letter. Morton Anderson is in second kicker all time. Well, come on, Dan. Uh, I've been too plugged in on this. But um, uh, congratulations to everybody. Uh, anyway, so here we go. Here we go. Now, Greg wrote a banger, uh, even though he just chastised me 
I'll, I'll, I'll look past. Kenny Easley. I knew you we were forgetting. Kenny that. Easley. Kenny from the Easley Seahawks. Was the last one. We were missing one name there. Good Great job. Nineteen eighties DB. Anyway, Greg, you wrote a piece. You argued eleven players on the bubble uh, for the Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, you believe, Greg. Uh, how do we want to do this? How should we do this, Greg? Why don't you start us here? I'll throw out. Well, on the bubble is, is a tricky. Uh, lead to it because I had some real long shots and I make it clear they're real long shots uh, and maybe the most interesting name in there which I thought about was Matt Ryan now that's he was the longest of these long shots but when you have a, a historical season like he had an MVP season that makes a big time difference and if you look at the shape of careers now if he could have a mid-30s run a little like Breeze Brady Manning where he plays his very best and has a two or three more really top-notch seasons you look at his just raw numbers, he's going to end up in the top seven, eight all-time passing yards, passing touchdowns. He needs to do a lot more. I'm just saying having that one season is like a pillar. He's putting his post in the ground, and now he's got a chance if he really plays well. And, and let's say this. Let's say he does that, and he has you know a productive, more half Really productive. He's Wins a be Super better. Bowl, too. What is so different between him and Kurt Warner? Right. One Super Bowl, one, one lost, and a bunch of great seasons. It's a uh, long shot. That's a know, long what, shot. What would have really helped? Closing that game out in February. Yep. Yep. So because yeah, then you could think about getting a second at some point. Need, he needs a win there. Uh, you also have Brandon Marshall as a long shot, which I feel like I got laughed out of this room for suggesting that a couple of years ago. But if you look at his numbers, they are excellent. I know he slowed down last year, but if he has a nice end of his career here, he wouldn't have my vote. But I think if he could do two more years of thousand yards, you know, close to ten touchdowns each year, and importantly have a playoff moment or two, then he, I think, could convince some voters. I think that position is really crowded and tough. But if he does it for if he if he were to leave right now, I would say. It's going to take a while. The, the name that stuck out to me that I hadn't really thought about much was Ndamukong Sue, who I really believe is on track to make the Hall of Fame. And you don't, I guess I hadn't thought about it because he's a guy who inspires some mixed feelings. But when you do the All-Decades team, he's going to be your defensive tackle of the 2010s. He's made five All-Pro teams, first or second team, out of seven years. And there's not many players like him, but just that, that disruptive against the run in the past. To me, he's kind of done the hard part. The only thing he has to avoid is some crazy injuries or a total decline. But they would give him that con- – they gave him a record-setting contract, and they would give it to him again. He he's one I of think the, he's kind of in. I would say he's one of the defining defensive players of his generation. I feel like that's a major – you have to be one of those guys, and it's hard to argue that Sue isn't one of those guys. I also think that some of the things that have kept, for instance – Terrell Owens out with the personality side of it and all this stuff that when we're voting, when people are voting for Natomic and Sue 10, 12, 13 years, 14 years from now, are people going to care about Natomic and Sue's, you know, ups and downs? Is that what he's most famous for though? Honestly, the Thanksgiving. I don't think he should be, but I think it it probably is up there. Well, I thought about how he's kind of a a paradoxical player because I think the Lions fans probably or feel like he's a little unfulfilled in terms of his potential. I think fans feel like that because he was so good in college. He was so good as a rookie that the bar was so high. And yet I think overall you can't knock at all what he, what he's accomplished. He also gets banged by his position a little bit because it's not like a number stacking type position. So he doesn't have like eight, 15 sack seasons or anything. But But he's played for two organizations who have not really had their act together in terms of continuity. If he was with a better team, I think people would. Yeah. yeah, you could put Terrell Suggs in your Hall of Fame. I don't want him. He's not in mine. I put him as a long shot. I'm just trying to, you know, look yeah. at some guys. Bad person clause, I would cite there. Well, we c- we can't move on from this without making my annual Frank Gore 
mention. All the right. numbers are starting to get hard to ignore. 600 more yards and he pa- in this season, and he would be up to number five all-time passing Ladanian Tomlinson. He's had 1,200 yards for 11 straight seasons. That is an outrageous statistic. I'd have no problem with that. Uh, who? How many people do you think would say absolutely not? He's, I, one, of I, the, he's one of the great compilers of all time. And is he, was he ever the top five running back in the league? Early in his, his career, career, absolutely. Early, he had a twenty one hundred total okay. yard season. Okay, I mean, it just. I guess the thing, only thing I'll say is he's not. He's he's not a wow guy. At least in the past six or seven years now, he's a grinded no. out guy. That's you, you look at the end of the season like, oh, he had another nice season. But is he a guy that you're putting the offense on his back and he's taking teams special places because he's such a dynamic talent? I really respect the career he's had. Is he one of the greatest running backs of all time? If we know. put Jerome Bettis in the Hall of Fame, don't we put Frank Gore in? I never would have thought that there would have been a good argument. I always thought this was going to be a huge uphill battle because Gore's basically my favorite player from this generation. Uh, and now it feels a little less like an uphill battle, but I don't think he'll be I don't think he'll be a slam dunk. I mean, he's been playing so long. He's had a 1,200-yard season, Dan. Yes. When the first inconvenient truth came out in 2006 Ooh. by Al Gore, and when the second inconvenient truth is coming out in the sequel in 2017, he's still there. He spans that whole era. I like this. James Harrison, you say that he has helped his case. I absolutely think James Harrison belongs in the Hall of Fame. Nice. I'm surprised to hear that. Even after that, that'll be an uphill battle. McCoy. Well, he, uh, I think for me, sometimes it's like I, I think that he, the fact that he, back then, that was 2010 or something, 2011, I mean, he, he is still around. The longevity itself is incredible. Doesn't have the numbers, but I think he, uh, he has the intangible. At his peak, he was a feared, game-changing talent, and now he's in this weird, like, extended epilogue to his career, which is hard not to... Uh, have a lot of respect for, and if you track his Instagram account, it's insane the amount of work he's put in to stay in the league. And last parting thought, Greg. Well, I just appreciate all the time. You know, I know I wanted to keep the show tight here, <laughs> and I really blew it. No, it's not on you. Oh yeah, here it is, Dwight, Dwight Freeney. He put, if there was any doubt, he put himself in the Hall of Fame. I don't care that their offense blew that game. The fact that he was the most valuable pass rusher, six That's... pressures, a sack. Uh, a tackle for loss. That should have been his Michael Strahan moment. So even though they blew it, it's the moment for me, and I think that put him over the top. Yeah, that sucks. I haven't really thought about that. He had such a great game. That completely got washed away, that Freeney was a major impact player. Uh, Gave Nate Solder nightmares. My God, that got wiped away, and it shouldn't be, and hopefully it won't be, Greg. All right. (laughs) Great show, guys. Beefy but informative is how I would describe today's show. (laughs) Post-show grade? Post-show grade. Hmm. I'm going to give it a B. B plus. B plus. Overachieving today. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the show. We missed Wes, though. Hopefully Wes will be back uh, next week. Um, tomorrow, Saturday, is the Shield celebration bonanza at Let's Sessler saw! Manor uh, to, uh, you know, back-to-back L.A. County C-plus champions. So deal with it, society. So we're going to throw down – uh, this weekend, Mark. Thank yeah, you until for we get up your I, house. I guarantee this ends with the police at my house. Uh, I am slightly concerned, but excited about it. I mean, it can. It might not even be for noise or anything. It might be just like a parole violation with our team. You know. That's right. That's <laughs> right. A lot of colorful characters. One, <laughs> one quick note. I am going to extend the show an extra thirty seconds. I have tried to follow yeah. up on your task of sorting through this Reddit scenario. Yeah. And there is no. Well, let me just clarify that. 
we we promised the 5,000th uh, Reddit follower on our subreddit around the NFL would get some type of prize. Mark graciously accepted the task of figuring out what well, the prize would be. Well, it was thrust on me, but yes. Okay, where are we at? Well, we're in a tough place. There's like according to the, you know, to Greeby and the rest of the people that run this ship over there, there is no tangible way to discern the 5,000th follower. Right. Or even the first or the last. Pick so, someone at random. Pick someone. I have an idea. Well, believe me, I've been getting I've been getting a lot of people telling me I'm your random person. It's like <laughs> We could take this offline, but I have an idea how to, okay. how, to how to do that. I want to reward them. I care about these people. There's a lot of good chatter on that Reddit board. Yeah, yeah. We love the subreddit. Make sure you check it out. It's almost 6,000 strong. It might even be 6,000 now. Uh, even Greg's plugging in on it now, I think. So it's it's really taken no. off. <laughs> Shake his head. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you for everyone that listens. Uh, let's let's go home. Let's go to lunch. Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The old boss, Sully behind the glass. Erica back there? There she is. Dale Monday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.